a podcast. Did your radio show get canceled? Fire, fire, fire. Low down and filthy, but the discipline is on point. Schooled myself, made my own dojo. A cold flow with the whole dose of soul. Maintain composure, even in fury. An anomaly, properties undiscernible to mere peasants. Use weapons that level entire... I'm going to my least favorite city in the world. Later this week, Las Vegas, Nevada. Oh, boy. I stick out like a sore thumb in Las Vegas. Oh, and it's not because I'm wearing sequins. It's because I don't want to wear sequins. Anyway, this is a Million Dollar Plan. I'm Pete the Planner. I will give you updates on my trip to Vegas next week on the show. Uh, I don't like Vegas. I get really sad. I- I'm going uh, not to gamble, as, as you would probably hope. Uh, I have a financial show, and I'm going to go and gamble. No, I don't, I don't do that. It's uh, not really my thing. So um, I'm going for a family thing, going out there. Uh, of course, family in Vegas. What, what else? Uh, so I'm doing that. Uh, this week's show, we're going to talk about the, about the four essential financial truths that you need to come to terms with. Because if you don't, you're lying to yourself. So this week, four essential financial truths. I feel like there's a lot of housekeeping uh, that I need to get done. Uh, sorry, I've been away. Uh, spotty, uh, spotty uh, new shows in November. My health wasn't great. I didn't have a voice. My voice is still suffering a little bit. I don't have those golden pipes that I normally have of a seventh grade boy. Hi, well, well, what are we doing in gym class today? That's my normal voice, but uh, it's still a little affected by my sickness. Other things, you can uh, get a BOGO deal, buy one, get one deal at PeteThePlanner.com on our Your Money Life series as holiday gifts. Give the gift of Peter this holiday season. Peter Dunn, that is, Pete the Planner. So go to PeteThePlanner.com, offer code... Uh, the coupon code is JOLLYPTP. If you enter the offer code JOLLYPTP, when you go to buy one Your Money Life book, you will get another Your Money Life book for half price. That's right. BOGO. BOGO. Uh, what else this week? Uh, let me wade into political waters for no particular reason. So I'm helping the carrier workers that were displaced when their jobs were eliminated and moved to Mexico. Unless you don't turn on the television, radio, or read a newspaper, you've noticed in the last couple of weeks that there was the announcement from President-elect Trump that those jobs have been saved. Now, I'm not going to get into the numbers of how many jobs were saved other than to tell you this. Uh, My job is to, in that capacity, I'm volunteering, by the way, because I was asked to by the mayor of Indianapolis, my job is to help put the pieces uh, together for those people whose jobs are, are eliminated. At one point, it was 1,400 people. That is no longer the case. However, I am still putting back the pieces for 500 to 700 workers that lost their jobs. Uh, and, and what's really uh, was sort of disheartening uh, at the time of I'm recording this show is that President-elect Trump specifically called out the head of the Steelworkers Union on Twitter as a terrible person and a bad leader and all of this and that. And <clears throat> we've seen that sort of rhetoric, not only from President-elect Trump, but you see things on Twitter where people throw out these statements and generalizations and, 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 and everyone, everything is, is uh, polarized. Somebody either good or bad or, and all of this. Here's, here's what I know. <clears throat> I coughed. Here's what I know. 
uh, I'm not uh, enamored with what's happening right now politically in our country and leadership uh, as it stands since November 8th. But I know that the leader of the Steelworkers Union, local 1999, his name is Chuck Jones, and I've met him. I've shook his hand, and he is who I work for, if I'm being honest. I worked for him to make his men and women uh, financially sound. So when I saw that happen this past week, I know I'm wading into waters that you don't particularly care about. I just wanted to say... uh, on, at the end of every tweet, when someone gets called out by name, there's the actual real story of it. And, and I don't want to go as far as to say I'm part of the real story, but I kind of am part of the real story. Chuck Jones is a hero. <laughs> okay, so you can have whatever political beliefs you want. Go ahead. <clears throat> I can just tell you this from firsthand experience. The president-elect is singling out a person saying he's a bad person. Uh, I'm involved in the carrier situation, and I can tell you Chuck Jones is a great person and is a hero uh, to the people he serves. So I don't know why I felt the need to start the show there this week, but you know what? I, I've just been sitting on my hands. I've been holding my tongue. I've been doing all different things with different parts of my body about this election, but now this one sort of sent me over the edge. So I just wanted to let you know um, that there are people that lost their jobs and we're just trying to solve that. That's it. It's not about talking points or leverage or anything else. It's just about jobs lost and, uh, uh, the mayor of Indianapolis and his team that he put together and me, we're trying to go in there and fix it. That's it. Moving on. All right. So kind of tough to follow that, huh? Sorry, but I got to say what I think. It's my show. All right. This week, the four essential truths to your financial life. We're going to tackle them over the course of the remainder part of the show. They're that big and there are four of them. And uh, so I've been doing this a couple decades, it seems like. And I've sort of distilled down the essence of financial success into the understanding of these four essential truths. So we're just going to dig through them and so on and so forth. First, number one, a poor housing decision can ruin your financial life. A poor housing decision can ruin your financial life. I've made three home purchases in my lifetime. And the last one I made was in 2007, summer of 2007. And in all three cases, when I bought my home, I did not have the knowledge that I have now. And I did not have the knowledge that I wish I had looking back. Would I have done things differently? Possibly on a couple of the purchases, yes. Um, interest rates were at six and a half percent on a 30 year mortgage in 2007 when I bought my last home, the one I live in now. So I couldn't have really gotten a 15 year mortgage and been able to afford it. Uh, since I rectified that, I have a 15 year mortgage, uh, I think in the twos. Uh, so that's all good. But the bottom line is this, when you, when you go to buy a home, um, people lose their mind. People don't think about numbers. People don't think about their future. They think about, and it's not even greed. It's just sort of this raw emotion of, I want this. It's possible. Let's do this. It's a really childish thing. People celebrate home ownership, and I'm not here to say you shouldn't. But I think it's worth celebrating home ownership if you are actually making a move that enhances your life. Not just your lifestyle, but enhances your life 
both short and long-term. Here's the tough part. People buy a home to have something to call their own in an effort to increase and enhance their lifestyle. But what it ends up doing because they can't afford it is it ruins their life and their lifestyle. No, I'm, I'm, I have, I'm not giving you statistics today. This is all anecdotal. I just seen too many people's lives ruined. You know what? And here's the other cool flip side of this. I've seen people, I know a couple cases in mind that people's financial lives are ruined because of their house. They say, I can't get unruined by staying here. So they leave their house, they sell their house, go to other housing, and everything is uh, as solved as it can be. But by staying in a housing situation that is unhealthy and that does not uh, fit into your long-term financial plans, nothing's going to change. Nothing's going to change at all. It's going to continue to be bad. That's one of the tougher ones to fix, though, if we're being honest with ourselves. You got a bad housing situation. You, you, uh, he's going to go home one day. We should move. Okay, let's sell our house. Put the house on the market, move, and then, and then it's like, oh, no one does that. No one does that. People move because they want a better house. No one moves because the house they're in is too much. But by the way, people do that, and the people that do begin to solve their financial problems. I've said it a million times. I'm going to keep saying it until I say it two million times. If you cannot afford to fix the house you live in, you cannot afford to live in that house. Nothing will change that. Now, can you save up an emergency fund to fix that? Yeah, you can do that. Can your income grow substantially so you can truly objectively afford the monthly mortgage obligation? Eh. That's what people think is going to happen. People buy a house and they think they're going to grow into it financially. Well, we can barely afford it now, but after a few years of raises, we should be okay. No, we won't. This, this is where sometimes I wish I, I uh, used profanity on my show, but I, but I shouldn't. Because I'm going to BS, <laughs> which stands for, I don't know, uh, Brad Shoemaker. Uh, so anyway, first essential truth, a poor housing decision will ruin your financial life. Coming up in the next three segments of the Million Dollar Plan with Pete the Planner, the remaining three essential financial truths. Do you say truths or truths? No one knows. Google it. Million Dollar Plan. I'm Pete the Planner. Stop what you're doing. And hit Pete up on Twitter at Pete the Planner. Question the right of any man. The voice his opinion as strongly as any can. But then again, many men are citizens of their own little world, so they ain't really fitting in. I'm in the background blending in. Camouflaged by the scenery, but I'm a champion. Tackling the essential truths this week on your million dollar plan. I'm your host, Pete the Planner. Here's a uh, uh, a commercial for well me, frankly. I uh, want holiday gifts for your loved ones. Go to PeteThePlanner.com. Enter code JOLLYPTP for a buy one, get one half off. Buy one of my books and get another one half off for yourself. Also, we've got the Pete the Planner 365 Days to Change desktop calendar. You don't even have to open it. It makes a great paperweight. Uh, and there are pictures of me on the packaging of the calendar, but none on the inside. So uh, don't worry about that. It's not a good appetite suppressant. If, if I were on every page of a daily desk calendar, that would be like an appetite suppressant. 
You learn some about money. You see a picture of me, and you don't feel like eating. So it kills two birds with one stone. All right, back to the uh, four essential uh, financial truths of your life, of all of our lives. Number one, as we just talked about, was a poor housing decision can ruin your financial life. It, it can. I see it all the time. It makes me sad. And, and actually, I have a friend right now who's in the midst of making a giant mistake. And I've told him. And it's weird. Like, I, I don't push my beliefs, my financial beliefs. By the way, I don't have financial beliefs. I, I, I beliefs. I, I happen to know a lot about uh, how things work financially. So it's not like I believe this is the way it is. It's actually the way it is. They're observations. Right. Well, I believe this is what's going to happen. No, no, no. This is what's going to happen. I know that's, that's the, the nature of mastery. I've done this long <laughs> enough to know what's going to happen. So when I, when I give someone my opinion, solicited or otherwise about their situation, that's probably what's going to happen. Now, people love to say, no, nah, I don't think it's going to happen. G- great. I'm, I'm glad on your limited experience, you believe you don't think that's going to happen, but it will. I'm not sounding like a very nice person. Let's move on. Essential truth number two, absorbing a pay raise Absorbing your pay raises, I shall say, prevents retirement. If you consistently get pay increases, which most people do over time, and you absorb them, meaning you don't save them, if you don't do anything when you get a pay raise and it just goes into your checking account and your lifestyle absorbs those expenses, your lifestyle grows, it creeps, it will prevent you from retiring. So this is... um, this is all based on this, this strange concept that it's taken me a, a really long time to put into words, but I kind of figured it out this week. Let's go back to the 1970s for a second. What was the number one... Who, what was the, the one entity in the 1970s that was most responsible for a person's successful retirement? Let me say that again. In the 1970s, what was the entity that was the most responsible for a person's successful retirement. Don't overthink this, okay? 1970. The answer is a pension. So the company which employed you through your, your entire career, because people uh, had a lot fewer jobs, they, they, they stayed at one employer for longer periods of time, and by the nature of and the culture of employee benefits at that time, people's uh, means to retirement income was a pension, a defined benefit plan. You retire, uh, we keep paying you, you die, we keep paying your spouse, they die, we're glad you're dead. <laughs> and that's how it worked. So in the 1970s, the, the one party most responsible for successful retirement wasn't the actual person retiring. So this isn't necessarily fun to hear if you're a big proponent of personal responsibility like I am. And it's, it's uncomfortable to say that, but uh, God bless uh, John Heber Dunn, my grandpa, who passed away in 2014. Great man. Great man. And he retired in 1983 from General Motors. And uh, he had a great career, and he chose to work at General Motors. But his successful retirement had nothing to do with him. It had to do with his pension. Fast forward, 2016 or 2017. I don't know. What is the primary entity responsible for a successful retirement today. It's you. It's the retiree. It's the retiree themselves. So think about this. Uh, If you don't have an income stream directly derived from your employment that continues to pay you once your employment ceases, then 
your chance at a successful retirement is dependent on what you do with the assets that you earned during said employment, right? That's the big challenge with all of this. When you absorb your pay raises, when you consistently creep your lifestyle up, when you make more and you spend more and you make more and you spend more. In the 1970s, you could do that and it didn't matter. Lifestyle creep was not a problem in the 1970s because you could still retire successfully because you had nothing to do with a successful retirement. It was your pension. 88% of people in 1975 had a pension in the private sector. It was higher in the public sector. Today, it's less than 10% in the private sector and public pensions are failing. If you had lifestyle creep in the 70s, it didn't matter. Who cares? If you have lifestyle creep in the 2016 era, it matters. You're ruining your chance at a successful retirement. If you absorb your pay raises, you prevent retirement. Look, there's people of all ages listening to this program right now. There's kids going, why is this guy screaming? He might use dirty words. There's people in their 60s and 70s going, he needs to settle down. But no matter who it is listening to this, you can no longer have lifestyle creep and still have a successful retirement. It's impossible because the number one determining factor in a successful retirement today is what you do with your income while you work. If your income grows, it's the opportunity to create a successful retirement. But if your, if your income grows and you mess away, I saved myself a curse word, you mess away that opportunity by increasing your lifestyle, then you are the number one reason you're not retiring. Look, you can make this about the fact that people don't have pensions today. I mean, that could be the story here. You know, you know that's what this could be about. You could go, well, you know... Um, the, fa the fact of the matter is uh, people don't have pensions. That's why people don't successfully retire. No, 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 no. That's past. That's behind us. Get over it, right? Since the 1980s, the onus has been back on the individual, the retiree or the, the pre-retiree or the person that will want to be retiree. It's back on that person. It's been that way now for nearly 40 years. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? You can continue to blame that the pension system doesn't work anymore. No, that's, it's over. It doesn't matter. I have never been exposed to a pension personally, and I never will. I could just sit around along the side and say, man, that stinks. I'm going to keep creeping my lifestyle up. Or I can take responsibility. So essential truth number two, absorbing your pay raise prevents retirement. It does. I, I promise you that. It's the end of the year, 2016. If you look at it next year, if you just got your pay rate of what you're getting paid, or maybe you get a pay review at the beginning of the year, and you think, oh man, I would love a raise, because if I get a raise, we can do this, and we can do this, and we can do this. Hopefully the this, and this, and this, and this, hopefully, is to create a retirement. I don't know why it took me so long to figure that out, and it's, and I don't feel bad about it. I mean, the entire retirement industry has not figured this out. That's what the retirement industry is supposed to do. Oh, I have a mini rant coming on. Oh, here it comes. It's boiling up. It's boiling up. The financial planning industry is messed up. Why? Because financial advisors would rather find people with money than create people with money. 
You're a successful financial advisor if you can go find someone that's already accumulated money and then you take that accumulated money and you make money on it by investing that money. I want to be the person that creates the millionaires, not the person that takes the millionaires and on its clients. It's a huge difference. The financial industry should be teaching people to not waste their pay raises, to make good housing decisions. Let's quit cherry picking successful high income people to manage their money. Oh, you have a rollover? I'd love to roll it. Forget that. Let's teach people to be millionaires. Let's teach people to be successful retirees because it is no longer the case in which the company which employs you is no longer responsible. The primary person, the primary entity that results in your retirement success, it is on you. I love people. You can tell when you talk to someone about their money that they figured this out or not. I mean, some of you listen, if you haven't already turned off the show, because I'm crazy. You can't unhear what I just said. Figure this out. You're the number one factor. If, if you're in a situation where you're in your 40s right now and you're listening to this, 40s or older, and uh, you don't have a pension, and you don't have the sort of assets you'd like to have in retirement, I always say to people, hey, what do you got in retirement? Well, not exactly what I'd like to have. Fix that. Fix that with your pay raises. Quit, quit going on vacation with your raise. Don't buy a boat. Don't ever buy a boat. Man, there's probably going to be a boat commercial at the break. That's essential truth number two. Coming up after the break, I'm going to hit you with the next two. So, so far, a poor housing decision can ruin your financial life. And then absorbing a pay raise prevents retirement. More of this. Oh, I'm all fired up today. I'm Pete the Planner. Mr. Kinetic, Rusty Redenbacher, ATFU, Naptown, yeah. Cashing in like the end of the game at the casino. I lean so the glare of the rear view don't hit me. Swiftly through the avenues and boulevards. Old soul playing on my speakers. Old soul but young and age of lost player. Not from the Himalayas, but my fam gave me Gary Indiana game. Grew up around the country, but the mindset was there. Ain't I won't complain about a damn thing on this. I'm sitting here in my studio during the break. I was reading my email. I got an email with the subject line opening in my calendar. It's a, just some business person soliciting, they want to sell me their stuff. But the subject line is opening in my calendar. Like, I'm going to open it up and I'm like, oh, good, random guy has time for me. Uh, I mean, look, hey, I test subject lines too, but that's an interesting one. Uh, opening in my calendar. Oh, I got to open this right away. Oh, hey, someone never heard of has time for me. Great. Uh, oh, hi, this is Pete the Planner back on the Million Dollar Plan. Hitting you with some toughness today. I'm fired up, man. I'm taking a couple weeks off because my voice was gone. I was sick. It didn't feel good. I mean, here's the thing. I don't know how much I tell you about stuff, so I'm going to tell you some stuff. If I've already told it to you, then just dismiss it. I usually take December off. I am a creative. 
I got to recharge this battery. And this battery is recharged in December when I don't do anything. I take my kids to school. I pick them up. I don't work. That's my December. Unfortunately, because things are going well in my business, I'm working this entire December. So I know that you're really playing a bunch of violins for me right now. Oh, uh, Pete the Planner can't take a month off. Here's the thing. I got to recharge this battery. I am in charge. I am charged with recharging millions of people's financial lives. I personally have to be recharged. I don't think that's going to happen in Vegas later this week. Here's my Vegas plan. You got to have a plan. I looked at my wife this week. I was like, all right, we're going to be in Vegas for 48 hours. I got to have a plan. She said, why do you have to have a plan? I said, because I'm Pete the Planner. I got to have a plan. Here's my plan. I want to stay up really late. Now, you hear that and you're like, well, first of all, it's Vegas, of course. And number two, you think, well, it's all relative as to what is really late. That is absolutely true. It's always relative. The latest you can find me up uh, any given day is midnight. But in Vegas, here's the thing. I live in the East Coast time, and so you're on West Coast time. So you've already lost hours. So if I stayed up till 2 a.m. Vegas time, that's actually 5 a.m. East Coast time. And so things start to fall apart. So my plan is I'm going to stay up late and sleep in late. So you don't care. Uh, second thing is I'm not going to drink too much, not because of uh, moderation. It's because it ruins the first part of my plan. Let's say I'm like, oh, I'm going to have a bourbon. I go somewhere else. I'm like, I'd like a bourbon. I go somewhere else. I'm like, hey, I want a bourbon. Then I fall asleep and then my plan falls apart. So no one cares. All right. Back to the essential truths of your financial life. Man, this, this episode's all over the place. It's all over the place. First, we have poor housing decision can ruin your financial life. Next, absorbing pay raises prevents retirement. Let me hit you with this one. A constantly increasing power percentage ensures a successful financial life. But I'm just listening for the first time. What's power percentage? Thanks for asking, David. Uh, Power percentage is a proprietary metric that Pete the Planner Financial Wellness has developed in order to get you to understand your financial life. Check episode 120 of the Million Dollar Plan podcast. No, power percentage, legit is the greatest way to measure the efficiency of your financial life. I'm serious. And it needs to increase every single year. Episode 20, listen to it if you missed it. Life changer. Also, I want to know your power percentage. Tweet me, at Pete the Planner. Just tweet me your power percentage once you figure it out. And then also, uh, uh, you can email me too. Ask Pete at PeteThePlanner.com. Ask Pete at PeteThePlanner.com. Send me your power percentage. We have a, uh, a tool coming your way to help you track your power percentage on a regular basis coming your way in January. Stay tuned for that. But anyway, that essential truth is a a constantly increasing power percentage ensures a successful financial life. I'm not going to spend any more time on that one just now, even though it's one of the four essential truths we're dealing with today, because I spent a whole episode on this concept on episode 120 of the podcast. So just go find that. (laughs) Don't hang up the rest of this. Don't stop listening to this now. Don't turn to the channel. Just when you're done, go and reference episode 120. You can get on iTunes, Stitcher, I don't know, wherever you get your podcasts. And finally, essential truth number four, essential financial truth number four here on the Million Dollar Plan. Retirement is the one financial problem you can't temporarily... I can't even talk. Let's start that over. Retirement is the one financial problem you can't temporarily solve by borrowing. Okay. Let's go back down to the essence of a financial problem. A financial problem is when you need something and you've got to find a way to fund it. That, that is sort of the essential uh, problem, a uh, uh, financial problem. 
I need something, got to find a way to fund it. So let's, let's think of there's different things. Let's say you're a teenager, uh, you want to get a car and you got to find a way to fund it. So what do you do? Uh, maybe your parents make you buy it from them or no matter what it is, the, the point is you can borrow for everything starting as a teenager to solve any problem. Buy a car, go to college, buy a car, buy a house, buy your kid a car, pay your kid's college. What is the one problem you can't solve via borrowing financially? What is it? Retirement. So here's the issue. And here's what scares the bejeez out of me. If your problem solving skill set primarily consists of borrowing money to solve problems, even if you pay it back over time, even if it doesn't overextend you, even if it's healthy ratios, your only move, your only skill set is borrowing money. You got to solve problems with funding, not just borrowing. At some time in your life, you should pay cash for a card. Sometime in your life, you should pay cash for a remodel. You should pay for your kid's college, not borrow for it. Why? Because otherwise, all you ever do is borrow to solve problems. So when you come to the biggest financial problem of your life, and you dip into your bag of tricks and skills, you will reach your hand into that mystical bag, pull out nothing because you can't borrow for retirement. Think about that. Every day we wake up, we run into little problems. Oh, I need new brakes on my car. I don't have enough money right now. Put in my credit card. I'll pay it off next month. Okay, done. Solved. Sweet. I have confidence in my ability to solve my problems. Oh, my kid's 18. Didn't save enough for college. They're going into debt. Oh, they ran out of the student loans they could take out. Now I have to go into debt for them. Paid it off. Problem solved. Everything you try to solve can be solved via borrowing. And if you always go that route, you won't have the skills you need to retire because you can't borrow when you retire. So arguably, uh, my, my goal is to never borrow money again. <laughs> I'm 39 years old. I've recently died. At the end of November, I celebrated my 39th birthday. I hope to never borrow again. I'm currently borrowing uh, a few years left on a 15-year mortgage, but I, I don't want to ever borrow again. I don't ever want to solve a problem ever again via borrowing. Not because debt is evil. Not because I want to pay interest. It's because I want to develop my skill sets. And my skill set says solve a problem without borrowing. Because when I go to retire, I can't solve a problem with borrowing. Recently, I read an article about uh, a bunch of lawsuits over reverse mortgages. If you don't know, a reverse mortgage is where you own your home, but then you uh, basically reborrow against it and get a payout. It's for people who are retired that want to try to borrow their way out of retirement, out of their retirement problem. Well, all these lawsuits uh, popped up because a lot of uh, reverse uh, mortgage lenders tell you you can't lose your home in the process. Well, guess what? Yes, you can. You absolutely can. Proving once again. You cannot borrow for retirement. That's a weird one. That's a, if that's not resonating with you, I'm not going to go the route of, well, maybe I'm wrong. No, I'm, I'm right about this one. It's just a, it's a heady concept. And if you're like, well, it's not that significant. No, it's actually really, really significant. Look at every major financial milestone of your life and try to identify how many of them had to do with borrowing and how many of them had to do with you actually doing the funding. 
when Mrs. Planner and I uh, finished our basement a few years ago, we had two choices, like everyone does when faced with a problem. You could borrow and pay it back, or you could save money and pay for the basements, which is what we did. I'm glad it develops skills. It, it changes the way you think. So those are the four essential truths. Big stuff this week. Poor housing decision can ruin your financial life. Absorbing pay raises prevents retirement. A constantly increasing power percentage ensures a successful financial life. And retirement is the one financial problem you can't solve by borrowing. Get it? Got it. Good. Coming up after the break, more on the Million Dollar Plan. I'm Pete the Planner. day living through the peace of my soul i remain whole even in the middle of the pain even though my life has the rain i still remain sane writing and creating for my life and my pen is my sword given by the lord and i use it to fight the tides of restriction sometimes i'm conflicted by myself looking at the trees too much and can't see the forest enemies shall inherit the earth and i want to inherit something something other than the high blood pressure and diabetes so work is what i gotta do Stay true to my enemy and water the trees that I sing from and look out for the lumberjacks. Running with the gale force wind at my back. Swift and enduring, I remain calm. Swift and enduring, I remain calm. Swift and enduring, I remain calm. This lays great errors to rest. Let me remain calm until it all calms down. This week's biggest waste of money of the week here in the Million Dollar Plan is... Uh, oh, here it is. The Plum Wine Appliance. Mm. There's something special about a great glass of wine with dinner or to help wind down after a long day. Of course, most of those occasions don't call for emptying the entire bottle and then storage and preservation become an issue. Well, Plum Wine Appliance solves that issue and might be able to serve a fresh glass better than you can as well. One of the most sophisticated home appliances on the market, Plum works with any standard wine bottle. Just load bottles in, and Plum uses integrated cameras to identify the wine and chill each bottle to the exact varietal temperature. It also uses a motorized double-cord needle to pressurize each bottle with argon gas, keeping your wine preserved for up to 90 days. With Plum, the days of pouring out oxidized wine or drinking at less than ideal temperature are over. And the problems are solved in the form of a great-looking addition to any kitchen or home bar. The Plumber Wine Appliance, $1,499. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. This is a giant waste of money. I am a wine drinker. I'm a, a connoisseur, if you will. I would never buy this. Why, you ask? Because I drink wine. Here, don't buy this. You don't drink enough wine if you're buying something that serves all this, uh, stores your wine. Just drink the wine. You actually don't like wine if you're not consuming enough wine to need this. I think I got a problem. I think I may have just admitted on the air that I have a problem. But it's true. $1,500 to now. Hey, what's that? Oh, it's our desktop. It's our countertop thing. We have it here. It's $1,500. And what it does is... um, we love wine, but we don't drink it fast enough. <laughs> you, oh, you mean you don't love wine? <sighs> I've been thinking about my man, Mr. Kinetic. I need to have him back on the show. Mark Williams does the music for our show. 
talented young guy. He just started his own podcast, by the way. Go check it out. This is a plug. Let me figure what it's called. Uh, I think it's called But He Speaks So Well, which is his classic. If you know Mark, it says a lot of his story and who he is. So check out, um, here it is, But He Speaks So Well. There it is. From Planet Love Trump. See, I just played a little bit of it for him. Hope he doesn't sue me for that. Uh, we're going to have him back on the show. Check out his podcast, uh, But He Speaks So Well. I love Mark. I love Mr. Kinetic because he says things like, uh, you are plan A. There is no plan B. Right? If there's a problem in your community, you got you to gotta be part of the solution. Just because you don't drive to that area of town doesn't mean it's uh, not a problem for you too. That's why I love Mark. It's got me thinking this holiday season. If you want a solution, be part of the solution. If there's a charity in your area that needs something, do it. Well, who else is going to do it? Who else is going to do it? It's on you. So thinking of Mr. Kinetic this week. Thanks, everybody. Hope you have a good holiday. Uh, we'll be back next week. Sending you good vibes because good vibes are all that's in the budget. I'm Pete the Planner, Million Dollar Plan. If you want to be on this podcast and have Pete fix your money right, then hit us up at PeteThePlanner.com slash podcast. You heard me. PeteThePlanner.com slash podcast. Log on. This is for information purposes only. It's not the Swiss financial planning device. Consult a financial Divisor. Release from Everest, the fresh is fresh, and you can call me ET or to John Tesh. Let me bless this harmonic presentation. It's amazing, so amazing. I'm the reason. Uh, salutations, I bring you love, trying greetings from a faraway land. I am the soul controller. Put the remote down and let me take control. You're now a part of my zone, so enjoy yourself. Love, trying can restore your health. I bring you greetings. Uh, Salutations, how you doing? And is that how y'all say it? The tinkling of the keys is an homage to the little, little star. I sojourn over poetic descriptions of sound and travel to my other world. Out of this world, spaceship on my arm took me home, filled by the ink and the megabytes and the hypertext transfer protocol stronger than the Skynet and the Terminator. I push faders into warp speed, glide with ease, creating a breeze they call a black hole, event horizon, no rear view concerns. This I adjourn, and beats I burn, this I adjourn, and beats I burn. Salutations, I bring you love, trying greetings from a faraway land. I am the soul controller. Put the remote down and let me take control. You're now a part of my zone, so enjoy yourself. Love, try can restore your health. I bring you greetings. Uh, salutations, how you doing? And is that how y'all say it?